Hi, and welcome to this new uh, Q&A of the community of the Light Leaders. And today we have someone from the community, Brandon Ellis, who's uh, been writing what I believe are branded at sci-fi books, but are also actually inspired from uh, your spiritual life, let's say. And it's always an interesting topic, actually. I personally think that um, and it's a lot in a lot of teaching of yoga too. It's like this world is Maya is illusion, and deep down that the frontier between reality and imagination aren't as thick as we usually think. So it's interesting to have you, Brendan, as a successful best-selling sci-fi author, share about where those stories come from and if they're really so sci-fi and so like uh, from the imagination. So thank you, Brendan, for joining can you share a little bit about the background of the of these books yeah my most popular series is called the atlantis series and a lot of that information comes from uh not just studies in mythology or reading edgar casey's information it's from near-death experiencers and a specific near-death experience friend who after she or when she died went up the tunnel and was told all of this information she came back to her body and she was supposed to tell it to the world. And I got to be friends with her for about 20 years and I just picked her brain as much as I could. And I, and she even helped me with some of my books that I've written. And a lot of the information in these books are, is from information she was told. So there's a lot of truth in a, in this fiction that I write. So yeah, that's that's kind of the basis of my books. And spiritually, spirituality, I've been into spirituality since I was a kid. So from seeing angels and talking to my guides, and I, was good, I get a little woo-woo, sorry, and um, breathing techniques that I, I do in order to get to, I believe, a higher state to communicate with um, angels and guides as well, or ascended masters, things like that. So I do that as well. Amazing. Thanks, Brandon. And so can you share a little bit about um, the things you were told? Uh, is it by that person or are you directly in your connection with your your guides? And look, let's put it also out of the way. Don't apologize for anything being woo-woo or anything. I think uh, most of the people who listen to this are, are very open-minded and open-hearted and, uh, and are able to, to receive Sure. Um, so I'll start with my, since I'm focusing on the books, I'll start with my Atlantis series. Um, it is a five book series. And I, I, like I said, I got the information from a friend of mine who had a near death experience and the things that she was told about Atlantis and also about Lemuria. And uh, she was told where the location was, which she says is in the Atlantic Ocean, hence the, the name Atlantis. And um, she's even shown me a map where like kind of like Google Maps and she she showed me where it was and and that they lived off of crystalline technology um, and the Lemurians lived off a different kind of technology and they lived around at the same time. Um, and one thing that she was told um, was that they the Atlanteans they kind of messed with technology and went a more patriarchal route and 
before that, they were more goddess and more um, a matriarchal society. And one of the things that happened was they they got more into wars and they the technology that they use for wars destabilized the foundation of the land that they were on and it also destabilized a lot of things and when they used a certain technology it helped bring upon the end of the ice age and a major flood happened and that's why it sank and um Anyway, that's just one of the things that she was told. And hence, I put some of that into my book, books. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's some of the stuff. She was also told that they they messed with genetics a lot. And they like to do experiments on humans and animals and like combining them. And I think that's also in the mythologies of Atlantis as well. And she was told that the a lot of the Atlantean souls are coming back at this time frame uh, via reincarnation and things like that. And uh, they're bringing back the technologies and it's not necessarily a great thing. The, there's also a lot of Lemurians here as well and their technology is more nature-based and they're also bringing about the technologies. And she was also told that during this time, uh, what are called the light workers would take what are called the dark workers technology and use it for good. So yeah, I just kind of rambled on there a little bit. And anyway, I put all this stuff in the book and a lot more. (laughs) Uh, Gosh, I mean, she said a ton of stuff about Atlantis. If you have any questions about it, I can probably answer it better that way. What what's the crystalline uh, technology that you speak of? Like I'm trying to picture it, but um, like kind of she, is it light or and crystals? It's, li- it's literally <laughs> it's literally crystals. Um, I don't know exactly how they use that as technology. Uh, I, I I know they had I forget which they're, they're called, but almost like light poles. Um, they had them all throughout the continent. It used to be a continent. And then over time, with all this technology, it, it crumbled down to islands. But it used to be a big continent. But And they used to have a lot of, oh, they're not light poles, but I forget what they're called, but they're like big crystals. And um, and it's almost like, uh, say, you're, you're, say you're, you have some type of uh, a vehicle. And that there's a there's a antenna and a transmitter and there's these these big light uh, crystalline structures are transmitting information and energy to this antenna on this vehicle, giving it the power it needs, the power source. So that kind of thing. Um, and they also used it as weapons. Weapon technology is uh, something similar to beam te- technology. And that's and there there was a huge huge um, giant crystal that they used for that and I don't know how big it was but she said it was immense and uh, that's what destabilized the major big continent 
when they used it to also um, harm other civilizations. And she was told that the Bermuda Triangle is where that uh, big crystal sank. And what it does is it has it it's it's creating a dimensional time fluctuation fluctuations in that area and things like that. So um, it's more down by the I think the Bahamas area. I'm not really sure where the Bermuda Triangle is, but it, I think it's over in that area. Does that answer your question? I think so. It's like a kind of energetic grid of information, something like that, right? Yeah. Do you think the Earth's core is also like more crystalline? Uh, or, and I guess something else that came up is like I've heard other people say in the spiritual communities that, um, that like, like Mother Earth, you know, kind of is an awareness and a consciousness within yeah. itself. And when anything tries to disbalance that too much, she like ends it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, um, to keep she, she was she was told that. Yeah, she was told that um, Mother Earth was also is a soul and um, was actually kind of asleep, was asleep for a long time. And um, and I don't know really what that means, to tell you the truth. Uh, but she has been awakened recently. <laughs> I mean, not like recently now, but I think in a, a certain time period that in history would be recent. And um, what's been happening is she is starting to wake up, like I just said, and what will happen eventually is if if we don't kind of clean up our act she's going to do it for us and for example one thing that that happens is an area of like atlantis or something like that or lemuria um one way to cleanse that is to sink it and let it sit under the ocean with salt water cleansing it that's one way it can happen and um she was told that if she needs to, she would shake us off like fleas, if, like a dog shakes off fleas. Um, and she was also told that it's going to happen in the near future where we are, there's going to be major earth changes and a lot of people are going to be shaken off like fleas. And she was told uh, if we want to be in safe locations and if we want to survive this next shift this earth change event um that we need to ask in our heart ask the universe the source the great spirit whatever um god goddess to place us to, to just lead us in a very um uh to a safe area that kind of thing and um she was also told that as earth purifies itself because it's going to have to um that's what earth does. It seeks balance. Uh, it, like all things seek balance. And, and for example, as the earth's soil, so we have a, the microbiome, if you know what that is, it's, it's the bacteria and the fungi and the protozoa in the soil and in the air and in the sea. Um, and the virus electricity thing. too, right? Like the microbiome. Yeah. It's kind yes, of electric. It does. Yes, yes, it does. And it's also a delivery. It's it we utilize the 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 plants 
and us utilize the microbiome because what it does is like an uptake of nutrients into the plant from the soil. That's what it does. And we're down to 3% microbiome. And um, when we get to under 1%, that's when not all life dies, but in a short term, life dies, including humans. And we went from 100% microbiome to down to 3% very quickly. And what happens is the earth needs to seek balance. So we're going to see what, what also happens is diseases and all this stuff start to manifest because what the um, microbiome or what the soil does, for example, to um, balance itself out is it needs to start over. So it brings old viruses, old bacteria, all this stuff up, and it starts to uh, recreate a healthy soil, but it does that in an out of balance way. Cause you, I, I'm kind of going off topic here, but it like, if what happens is naturally when something tries to get into balance, it sways a little bit too far one way and then sways a little bit the other way until it slowly finds the equilibrium. And so that's what earth is doing as well. I, you know, this is what I was told. It's not like I know what earth is doing. This is just what I was told. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, if, you oh, think, oh. if you think Sorry. about it, um, the way I like to think about it, if we believe everything has consciousness, especially something as powerful as uh, uh, Pachamama or Mother Earth or Gaia, is um, is similar to uh, a detox, almost like a parasite cleanse. You know, if like inside yeah. your body you have parasites, you're gonna cleanse them. And at some point, Mother Earth might do something similar towards the ones that act as parasites. Yeah, yeah. And she was told those, so a, a major shift is coming. And she was told it's going to happen in her lifetime. And she's in her 70s now. And, um, and the major shift that's coming is she was told that uh, humans are going to rise to a higher dimension. Um, to the fifth density and there are humans that and she said you you need to have in order to do that you need to have a pure body and she's even talking about immune system and the way she she, she told me how to eat hence why I eat this way um, and so uh, she says those that are on the shift timeline and do rise to the fifth density with a new earth there are those, and she's talking about billions and billions of people with energies that aren't going to match the fifth density. And they'll, she said they'll be shuttled off <laughs> her her terminology to worlds that have that match that that the vibration and frequency of that soul. So, but she said you really want to get to this. I mean, you don't, she was just shown what the the new earth was going to be like. And so she was really excited about being on the new earth. So she was saying, you really would like to be on the new earth. It's, it's a peaceful, loving, incredible place. And it's going to be um, a new school for the rest of the universe, the humans, the homo sapiens that are going to rise to the higher dimension, this fifth density are going to be teachers for many souls across the universe. So, yeah. And at the same time, there. So, on Earth, Earth is a school, and 
Right now, it's humans learning time. Before that, it was another races. Before that, it was another races. As, as you can see through um, all the archaeological discoveries, we have over 30 different species of, of humans alone. Um, we have other hominids as well. And uh, she was told during even one of those, uh, what's the word? One of those schooling times, I guess it's not a very good word. Uh, before humans and before Homo sapiens, before uh, the other hominids was actually Sasquatch or Bigfoot or Yeti, whatever you want to call them. And they lived here and they quickly advanced to a higher state and all of that. And she says, when we rise to a fifth density, there's going to be another race that is actually waiting to take over our slot here <laughs> on earth. And they'll they'll start their evolution. So, and we we we're Earth is one of the hardest places to learn. So on uh 3D 3D Earth, 3D humanity, uh we beat ourselves up. We even tell us, tell each other that you know, humans are parasites, humans are this, humans are that. It's very difficult here. And people are just trying to find ways to survive, but we're actually doing a really good job. And we will evolve. And this is just part of the growing pains. Um, and I even put these in my Atlantis books too. It, it goes from book one to book five, where we start going into this evolutionary period. And she was, she was also told that we're going to have something called mass landings on earth, and it's going to be in her lifetime. And these are um, sentient beings, ETs, that uh, I also put in my book as well. Um, that help help us raise our consciousness, but they're not allowed to help us until a certain amount of time. So people ask, okay, why why don't we see UFOs and ETs all the time everywhere? Well, we used to. We used to, to before the um, the end of the last ice age. It was actually normal, uh, but there was a plan put in place to help us evolve even quicker on our own. And hence, they aren't around. They just observe us mostly. There are some negative ETs out there that are around and do some negative stuff to us. But um, apparently, I don't know if this is true, but something she was told, there's something called the Galactic Federation. Um, and they are actually kind of in charge of this whole thing of Earth. And uh, these, uh, I guess, I don't, they're not negative, but I just call them that. These negative ETs that have um, interfered with our evolution are now being told that they can't anymore. And so they're slowly going away. And these organizations that were ET run, I'm getting way off track again, but these organizations that were ET run are now not ET run and are now taking, are just the humans that are running it. So it's going to be easier for us to overcome and see what's happening. And I think that's occurring right now. So sh there's, yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exciting. That really makes me want to uh, read your books because I've been interested in this. Um, I've listened to the the Law of One. I don't know if you've heard of that. I've Obviously, never listened. Yeah, Dolores Cannon's work also is is touching a lot on these things, but they usually I find personally a little bit boring. <laughs> 
So oh, okay. them in a sci-fi and something maybe like um, more more engaging and more fun while at the same time learning about it is uh, something that's really appealing to me. So I wanted to share that. Oh, cool. like the, in the law of one, they talk about force density. So I I don't know was because what's the difference between four and five? And yeah, for the negative, what they how they would phrase it is. Um, People in there's like service to self and service to others, and that's people basically in service to self. Oh yeah. In in fourth density of service to self, is that what you're saying? Um no, no, just that was two different things, but what you call oh, negative okay. would call people in service or entities yeah. in self rather than others. But in the law of Ra, the equivalent of 5D is called something like force density, not fifth. So I'm, I'm curious. Oh, okay. Force density, what is five den- fifth density? And is it different than 4D and 5D? That's a good question. She didn't really ever touch on that, except that we would go through 4D to get to 5D. And she said that'd be a very, very short time because you can't live in 4D for very long. I have no idea if that's true. Um. And a strange thing is I was listening to, uh, do you know Zach Bush, MD? Yeah. Uh, he was talking about a Stanford study or Stan- something in Stanford, or maybe it was Harvard. I forget, but I think it was Stanford, where this um, scientist was, he's able to look at the Schumann resonance, and I think it's the Schumann resonance, and see, see the kind of the energy of the earth. And he noticed something peculiar slowly, uh, shortly after 2012, I think it was in 2013, 2014, he said... Earth shifted all of a sudden into 4D, and suddenly, right after, it shifted in 5D. And he's not saying that we, as a human species, shifted into 5D. He's just saying the energies of the Earth did this interesting shift. And what apparently is supposed to happen after that, Earth is going to pull us up, um, those that um, energetically uh, match that frequency. And so I don't know if that's happening now, but I'm just, I, I think with what that Stanford guy spoke about, yeah, probably. I know I started to change around that time. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting also what you share about um, like, I mean, to to me, the newest isn't just physical. Like, um, for example, I think some evolved societies. I don't know, right? Maybe it's the Mayans, maybe it's Tibetan monks or something. I think they already live on a different version of us when we think that maybe they got killed or something. And I think it's gonna uh, inspired from Dolores Cannon, but I hear what you're sharing makes me think of that. What what I also inspired by my own psychedelic trips of or some meditations oh, is yeah. that um, in the in the shift of Earth, actually we think the others got wiped out, but in the other people's perception, the people who go on the version of Earth that keeps the war and keeps more of the yeah. low city stuff, they think we're uh, gone or wiped out. Yeah. The, they, um... She was told about the, she was told about the Mayans and she says they're one of the, the, the rare societies that ascended en masse. And uh, one thing that they prohibited was technology because there was technology around when they were, when they were here, like there was pretty advanced technology back then. Um, 
and it's a different technology than what we have now. So it's not like, it's like stone. It's, it's, it's more what we would even consider magic, but that's also hard to explain too. And it's not like I could explain it because I'm not an expert on it, but she was told they, they ascended en masse and um, that those that there were a few that were not at that uh, frequency as the rest. And they, they were Mayans and they were left behind. And uh, the same thing with the Lemurians. She said um, there was a whole group of them that ascended. They, they actually came to the West coast of the United States um, a little bit before Lemuria sank because they knew it was going to sink, just like there were mystics back in Atlantis when they knew they were warning people that it was going to sink. Um, and uh, have you heard of Telos under Mount Shasta? She was told that that's real, that there, there's a, there's a group of Lumerians inside Mount inside Atlantis and it's level five levels, but they're not in our density. They're in fifth density. Um, and they apparently, uh, if you're at a certain spiritual level and you camp, let's say at, there's a place that you can camp called, I think it's Panther Meadows and you can contact them there. You can even, they'll even let you in the city the Native Americans talked about that way back, even 300 years ago. They have stories about going into the city. Um, there's L.A. The L.A. Times back in 1930s even wrote articles about it. Uh, they even have uh, an article written by an astronomer that happened to be nearby. And he put a telescope on this area. He was seeing flashes coming from Mount Shasta. And this is on this is all in a in an article from the LA Times back in the 1930s, which is so funny. And he said he saw what he he thought were like elves. Um, that there were these bright beings, um, human. And so he actually went to the locals and asked what they were, and they were said they're the they're from they're Lemurians, and he didn't really know what that meant. So he started researching it and anyway, he wrote an article on it. Um, things like that. So yeah, she was told there are societies that did um, ascend en masse. And she said, we're going to ascend en masse even in bigger quantities than what happened with the Maya. Um, and she was also told that the Maya are the ones that created Machu Picchu and that history is purposely being distorted. And she was told that Mayas did not sacrifice and that they were not meat eaters and that was on purpose um and but though history is saying that the mayans i believe did sacrifice i don't know if i'm not really paying attention to that that history stuff but yeah interesting and as you were sharing about like being able to go there to manchester and, and um, contact um i'm wondering did did you want to go there also to experience it for yourself? And do you have any uh, personal experiences? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have a very interesting one. So I've been there once. I mean, I've been there twice, but not, I've been near it once, camping near it, but then I camped on it, Mount Shasta. And I was on Panther Meadows with my girlfriend at the time, and she was actually Native American. She was half Choctaw, half, Choctaw, half Cherokee Indian. 
And she was very spiritual. And so was I, and I still am. And this is back in 2009. And we are, it's about, uh, we're camping where the, it's the first week the Panther Meadows open because it's usually covered in snow and, and it's springtime. We're the only ones there. And around one or two in the morning, I hear someone yell, uh, Brandon, wake up. You're just inside the mountain. And I, I sit up and I look around and my, I, I, I don't ever talk about this stuff. So it's all woo woo to me. So I look at my girlfriend and all I see is energy everywhere, just all this energy and she's sleeping and I unzip the tent and I look around and I don't see anybody. And so um, I shut the tent again and then I lay back down and I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, who's here? Who's kind of screwing with me right now? And then I start hearing the voices again. So I unzip and I look out and I don't see anybody. And then I hear lay down and meditate. And so I lay down and meditated, but I'm kind of scared. Um, and I'm doing my best to breathe through it, breathe through it. And then I open my eyes and this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but I see a redheaded woman in the tent staring at me. She's as almost as if there was day. And she starts telling me all of this stuff. And she tells me how important it is to um, lay upon the earth, how important it is to be by the water, how important it is to be in nature, how important it is to walk on the soil. It's all the stuff we hear anyway. But she was emphasizing how important it is and how important it is for our spiritual growth and for our health, especially. And then she told me that my next mission in life is to go to this place called Iseti. And I was like, what? And it's Iseti. She spelled it out E-C-E-T-I. And that's it. And then I like blanked out and I woke up in the morning and I explained this to my girlfriend and she's like, oh my gosh, wow. But for the next three days, this woman and my, my girlfriend thinks I, my girlfriend at the time thinks I'm just kind of nuts because I'm walking down the streets of Shasta and I'm kind of, I can't see very well because this woman's face is like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like hovering in front of me. It's like translucent. I can still see through it, but it was really weird. And so after I get back home, I, I, I'm also a massage therapist, a sports therapist at the time. And I can't stop thinking about Iseti, Iseti. My next mission is Iseti. What's that? So I look it up and there's this place in Trout Lake, Washington, which is just the next state up from where I was. And it's about two and a half hours away from where I was. And I'm in my massage office and I have somebody waiting to get a massage, but I can't help it. I, I, I get the phone number off this website. It stands for extraterrestrial contact, I think. Um, and the TI, I forget. Uh, anyway, I forget what it I stands Google for. It. I Googled it. It's, uh, I mean, I write such it. Uh, enlightened contact with extraterrestrial intelligence. Okay. So I call them up and I tell this guy, his name is Patrick, who answers. And we're now, we're, we become good friends. And, and I go, well, and this is July, July 5th. And he goes, well, actually, oh, and I was told to not just back up a little bit. I was told that I needed to move there and live in a freaking teepee. Um, and so I tell him all this and he goes, that's interesting because last night, we just had a discussion that we want to start a community here. And how about you come up and have an interview with us and we'll see if you're the right fit. 
So I do go up that weekend and I have an interview with them and we're, I was the right fit. And over time, 16 people um, moved in up there and we had this community of yurts and people living in the cabins and, and all this stuff. And me living in a teepee, which I think that it's great in the summer, but the winter, it was, it was freezing. I was waking up every couple of hours, just freezing, and put stoking the fire and stuff. But, um, uh, and East SETI, like the, it's the first time I actually saw, um, you like UFOs. It was very interesting. We would, we would see UFOs there. We'd see orbs all over the place with our own eyes. It was very interesting. And, um, yeah, that's, so I lived there for only six months and then I, I left me and my girlfriend at the time broke up and I left. <laughs> so, so yeah. That was my experience at Panther Meadows at Shasta. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if anyone has other questions, uh, you can go for it. But for me, I'm, I'm definitely curious about uh, the more details, even on, on the interactions there and how it was with the UFOs. I can. Um, so in the summer, uh, there's this group from Peru that came up and they're all my age. And I was in my late twenties or maybe early thirties at the time. And, and usually it's the older group that was coming up there. And, and uh, so I finally had some people to talk to. And so we hung out for a week and one night I was sitting with two girls and another guy from Peru. And there's this field, I think about 10 acres, which is, I don't know what that is in Ara for Bali, but it's a lot. And uh, we're, we, we're the only ones in the field. I believe it's like two or three in the morning and we get little chairs and we sit in the middle and we see this light come overhead very slowly. And one of the girls says, stop, come down and visit us. And it stops and it starts descending and the light around us gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And then she yells out this blood curdling scream that actually had everybody running out of their tents and cabins seeing who got you know what happened and when she let that out that blood curdling scream that light just boom took off just like in a second out of there and gone and that was one experience um another experience was i would i'd see uh all these green orbs going around. So what we would do is we would, we'd have little kids that would come there. We'd say, go out, dance in the, in the middle of the, the field. And these green orbs, or I don't know, orbs would go around and like do vortex spiral around them. And the kids would laugh and stuff like that. But you, uh, but you could take pictures of them and you can see all these orbs, just these, well, yeah, orbs. It's really cool. So that's some of the experiences. Others were um, on Mount Adams, which is right next to that land. There was this green light that would appear. It seemed like it would appear weekly. Uh, we never knew what it really was. And the owner who lived there always said it was a portal. But we could blink our lights 
on it because we had these lasers could blink in on it and it would copy us. Whatever we blinked, it copy. It was pretty neat. So anyway. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, what did you put in the five books you've already written? And what's the next? Because you're having a Kickstarter campaign now, right? So what's uh, what's in the first ones and what's in the new ones? So my Kickstarter campaign is not necessarily those books. So those books were international bestsellers back in 2017 when I wrote them. And what what's I'm doing name here again? With, it's just called the Atlantis series. Um, the first book is Project Atlantis. Second book is Destiny Atlantis and on and on and on. Um, so, so... Just is it all mainly about Atlantis or, or includes also it's uh... everything? It's I if I would write a bike a book now, I probably wouldn't do what I did with that book. But because I was so naive back then about writing books, I think that's why it did so well because I just threw everything in it and I, I, I made it all work out, you know, it makes sense. Um, but I was throwing, I wanted everybody to because I didn't know if this was going to be my you know, how many books I would be writing. I wanted, so I wanted everybody to get as much information as I was told and what I've, because I, I also go through meditations and this lady who, this near-death experiencer, she she taught me how to get answers from my guides and angels. So I put in some of that stuff too. But the Kickstarter is, I'm putting all those books into this beautiful hardback. Um, and so that's what it is. It's it's that. And uh, so it's it's about, Atlantis, but not really. So one of the things that uh, Atlantis did is they seeded a technology called pyramid technology throughout the world. And um, it's it's very precise technology. And, it's, and, and pyramids are here for more than just one reason. They're here for myriad of reasons. Um, and they're also, um, uh, uh, and, and I explain it all in the, in the book, um, probably not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, but pyramids are a, uh, not a mirror. I forget the word, but it's, it enhances everything. Like a prison. And yeah. And so like a one conductor that, or something? it's not like a, con yeah, it can be like that too. Um, so there's also some people saying that pyramids were actual natural, not natural, but batteries, they're power sources. Um, she never necessarily told me that she told me other things more spiritually. Um, but, but another thing that happens around pyramids from observable and evidence, and I'm not hundred percent sure on this because I've not, this is just stuff I've been told is that the ground will raise where a pyramid is. It's because kind of the shape of the pyramid, it draws energy up, even draws water up. Um, like it creates its own like aquifers underneath. And um, this is like true for a lot of pyramids around the world. But what else is very interesting is a, the big pyramids, the major pyramids, like the one in China, the one in um, Egypt, the, the one in South, there's many in South America, the South American ones. And uh, I think the one in, uh, I forget, there's one in Europe. But if you go exactly 180 degrees on the same latitude on the other side, you'll usually see a volcano, a caldera, or a mountain over there. Because what it does, pyramids do, is they also balance out the grids on Earth, energetic and physical. And so um, 
uh, again, this is all what I've been told. I have no idea, but this is what I've been told. And, um, and so for example, the Egyptian pyramid, if you go 180 degrees, the opposite side of the earth, same latitude, you'll get the Hawaiian um, Island volcano. And um, I have a list of, I, I did a whole interview on this with this uh, physicist named John Shaughnessy. And he's actually, what's really cool about him is he's actually done tons of research on it. He's written books on it, on just that. I mean, he's written books on other things, but some of it is just on this topic. And uh, he's found that they do indeed do that. They they balance out the earth. He calls it that. He says it punches through the crust of the other side of the earth to form mountains, calderas, volcanoes, things like that. Um, yeah. And he says when we one thing you don't want to do with the pyramid is start taking it apart like we have. It's going to destabilize those grids. And um, and I think uh, it keeps us, he thinks it keeps us from, so every 500,000 years, we have a pole shift. And the last one that happened wasn't until 800,000 years ago. And he thinks it's because, one of the reasons is because those pyramids have been put in place to stabilize the Earth's climate, to stabilize the Earth's um, Earth changes, like earthquakes, all that stuff you know, as best as they could to keep um, life on earth as balanced as possible. Um, that's his kind of theory on it. Uh, and I also put that in the books. Um, and uh, so pyramids also, like the king's chamber and the queen's chamber, you've never found a mummy in, a, in, in any of those pyramids. And my friend was told that the king's, I forget, I think it's the king's chamber, was a place that um, in the past mystics would go to or students would go to to learn spirituality and learn uh, even stuff like astral travel. And she's and it used to be called the left eye of Horus that was in the Egyptian area and the right eye of Horus was somewhere else. I forget where, um, but the left eye of Horus was like a mystic college. You'd go there and be like, not like Harry Potter, but that's kind of one example of what it'd be like. Um, and and there's all the stuff that they did in the pyramids. And one of the things was, was to lay in those sarcophaguses because when I think it's the moon or the stars are at a certain point uh, and you lay in those pyramids, in those sarcophaguses, it's going to give you a very spiritual experience. And if you're not ready for it, it's not good. So they wouldn't do it when you're ready. But there's this guy named Art Bell he was a uh, a radio host, one of the most popular radio hosts in the United States for about 10 years before he died. And he said he went to Egypt. And this is what's really interesting. And, he's, and he laid in the king. He, he was able to go in because he was very popular, well-known. He's able to get a personal, like not escort, but guide through the pyramids by himself. And there, he said there's four people with him when one was a guide. And he was able to go in there. And he just, he decided as a joke to lay in this, the king's, or that, that sarcophagus. And he even said on the radio what happened to him. He said he shot up out of his body. He's up above the earth. 
and he's looking down and it shocked him so much that shock brought him right back to his body and he immediately left that you can even go on youtube and listen to his experience but yeah it's pretty interesting and yes that's another reason why apparently the pyramids were built to help raise the consciousness of humankind well that's fascinating and uh, yeah you can share the link of the interview like in our okay group. Uh, maybe in the wider one, the light leaders would be really interesting. And actually, um, for me, it's funny, I haven't been there, but living in Bali, I have a lot of friends who take a pilgrimage to the pyramids, ideally with people who can have them privatized. And um, I've had a lot of friends having all kinds of very interesting experiences there that would seem very metaphysical. So it's uh, it's really interesting. I have a... Yeah. Question for you, Brendan, because um, I am, and I think a lot of us also are interested in creating the new, those new us societies, right? How do we do it? And so there's obviously an inner part where we raise our frequency, but there's also the outer part, which is, okay, what eco-villages or things, how do they yeah, look yeah. like? And one of the things um, the co-creators, Amways and myself, are really interested is different kind of technologies so we have we love yeah. some of human technology yeah. embracing things like blockchain and computers but generally into more really earthy and some of the more like let's say indigenous and also into the galactic um but that's usually the more esoteric also free energy this kind of thing so yeah do you have uh recipes you could uh, share with us, I mean, not going too much in detail now, but let's say in general, do you have, uh, did you inherit some of that lost technologies knowledge? Oh, in the books? Um, yeah. yeah, I did. I, I Let's say other things think we could use to, to build a newer societies from these books. Um, from these books, I mostly use the, gosh, I don't think I've did much technology in that kind of way. It's a sci-fi book. So there's a lot of technology, a lot of like um, space battles, things like that, just to make it exciting and stuff. Uh, but I didn't really talk about much of the technology in that way. I talked about the inner technology, um, things like that. Uh, but she, she was shown she, my, my near death. So, I, I co-hosted a near-death experience group, and a lot of them are told about the future of humanity, and they all they all like aligned with each other's. And so, some of the stuff that, uh, so free energy for one, uh, I guess that was supposedly real, and free energy was created. Well, it was probably created by many different inventors, but the well-known one was Nikola Tesla. And my friend was told that Nikola Tesla was an avatar. And that's just a soul that comes in to raise the human, the consciousness of humanity. And his technology was, as we know, um, suppressed and still is. But she was told um, in the future, people are going, there's going to be an underground movement um, that's going to get free technology out there. And we're going to be living with free technology. She even thought that would happen in the 2020s, but I, I don't know anymore. Um, and uh, she was told about these 
uh, crystal healing things that could, that can heal your body. She was told about, um, oh, I can't talk about that. There's something else she was told about that's going to be coming. That's pretty, pretty advanced and natural. And she was also told that um, we're going to be living in mushroom homes. And, it, and so what I first pictured was like literally homes that look like mushrooms, but that's not it. There's these, um, so we're going to be living in a microbiome. We're going to actually have walls that are made out of mushroom. And I was like, how is that impossible? And so recently I actually saw an article of walls made out of mushrooms and they're just as hard. They're antifungal, anti-mold, anti-all this stuff, anti they're like fireproof too. And it was designed by some, uh, some university somewhere. I got to look that up again, but I was like, what? No way. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, please, share, please share in the latest Telegram group too. That'd be super nice. Okay. I got to find that. Cause it just came up randomly one day. I got to find it. Um, what else was there? She, she, uh, we're going to get to a place where we don't really need that much technology. Um, the world is going to change drastically. We're going to have more, a lot more. I guess it's going to get less wild with the animals because of the way we will be able to communicate with the animals, but more wild in nature. I mean, there's going to be more forests, more all this stuff. Earth can come back really quickly um within seasons and uh what gosh drawing a blank but she was told a ton of oh oh uh she was told she was all she was going these near-death experiences were told that there's going to be actual flying cars people are going to be in flying cars and and i had this near-death experience group back in the 1990s so where i guess it's just talk of flying cars there really wasn't any and now there is um and she was told about, which is really interesting. She thought it was Honda who would make these. She, she told me Honda is going to make these cars with glass uh, all the way on their hoods. Like the whole thing's just glass. And then I've noticed recently Tesla, I believe Tesla has those glass things. So yeah, um, she, she, some of the things in the future, she, she was, she was told that we're not going to die from some major climate change thing. She told, she was told that in the news, they're going to get up going off track. I'm sorry. Just trying to just whatever comes to my head. She was told that um, there is, we're going to have the meteor scares through movies, through all this stuff. She says, there's no point um, in having a media impact or meteor, big meteor impact earth and wiping us out. She said, that's not going to happen. Um, uh, she said, we're going to have, we're going to, we have something called junk DNA and it's not junk DNA. It's DNA that's been turned off on purpose. And when it wasn't turned off in the past, and again, I'm going off track here. She said, Lord of the Rings was actually something that actually occurred a long time ago. And there were magicians that had these abilities because the junk DNA wasn't turned off. It was actually turned off on purpose by ETs. Um, but when we, light those up because it's going to be a light frequency that that we can open up these dna patterns in us and um she says we're going to have powers that you would even like call superpowers but they're more positive they're not like you're going to shoot beams out of your eyes and kill people but it's more like you can 
she said one thing that's going to happen is there's 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 light workers and dark workers in this world and the dark workers are going to be going away and a lot of them are actually negative et entities negative et souls incarnating in and she says we'll be able to look at somebody and we'll be able to tell instantly if that's a dark soul or a light soul and we'll know instantly if we'll be able to you know if they're lying or not that kind of thing or or, or if they're in service of self or if they're in service of others um, i feel i feel said, a lot of can almost do that already yeah yeah and it's just going to get more and more um apparent um yeah then the oh she was told here's what she was told this is what's going to change history this is so we're in she said uh we're in the most darkest point in humanity's history is is right now and she said the reason why is because humanity's evolving at such a pace that it's it's literally scaring those dark workers so they're going to throw everything at us at this end at these end times it's not the end times like the end of earth it's it's the end of a paradigm and they're going to throw everything at us from fear in the media to um uh chemicals and foods um all of this stuff chemtrails she was told about chemtrails i remember back in the 90s she took me outside and she's like look those are chemtrails you see how it's doing an x pattern or a circle those are chemtrails they'll spread out and they have harmful chemicals in them that's to dumb us down um but all this stuff that they're doing to us is not working and because the human spirit is extremely powerful we're apparently one of the most powerful beings in the entire universe and we've been taught that we're not not we're also taught that there's no ets um we're also taught a false history but anyway um so uh she, she's where was it going with that um she, oh uh um so what we're going to do is there's going to be a point where humanity wakes up and mass and uh, we're waking up right now and she says it's not going to be us fighting back against the government because the, the the elites are doing some pretty nasty stuff to us and they're going to do some more nasty stuff to us. There's another event that's going to happen that um, that I'm waiting for, not that I want to, but um, uh, humanity is going to turn their back on what she's called the war hawks. She's called they were called the war hawks and we're called the doves. And the doves are going to turn their backs on them. And, and what feeds the warhawks is the energy of fight, the energy of fear, the energy of, I disagree with you, all this stuff, the energy of separation. We already know that. But what's not going to work is when we fight back. That does not work. It works in a very short time. You'll you'll awaken even more. You'll, you'll show all this stuff, but it's actually negative energy. She says when we turn our backs to them and forgive them and love them, and not give them any energy she said that's going to happen even the military is going to do that and this small group of elites will have they can't do anything about it and she says that's the ultimate time when that shift happens that's when we start to definitely wake up and the earth really starts to change uh, as in human humanity and we're going to have a huge incredible what's called heaven on earth so it's pretty cool oops Thanks, Brendan. I have a question on, um, well, first I have a, a reflection when you talked about fighting. I think it's a really interesting thing that we now have um, Bobby Kennedy running for president as an independent. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, 
I've always been focused on okay, creating the new one. Oh, I thought okay, the old politics. I won't don't really care about that anymore. But actually, who knows? <laughs> and that would be really beautiful and maybe a more smooth um, way to go about it. So I'm I don't know if you have any reflection on that. I'm interested. And yeah, she told, she was yeah. So sorry, she was told told about him. She was told about that there's be this um, environmentalist lawyer who's part of the Kennedys and who uh, is. I get goosebumps talking about this because I learned about him before he was even known, um, or at least I, before I even heard about him. And that he's he's an environmental lawyer and he's going to be changing the world for good. Um, uh, she was, there's some things I can't talk about for various reasons, uh, but she was told, I can't talk about that. Anyway, uh, yeah, Bobby Kennedy is apparently an avatar and he's what you call a sleeping avatar. So it's a different than what the yogis talk about. The yogis talk about avatars in different ways, but the way she's explained what an avatar was is they're literally um, a, a big a big soul group that has come in that has come in at a certain time in human history because we were do, we're having a very difficult time. And she says more avatars are alive now than ever on humanity to help us ascend. And he's one of them. Um, and you can tell even by the way he gets attacked and he still talks about the spiritual principle of forgiveness, of love, of, of connection, of being together. He's an avatar. And so he's considered a sleeping avatar. He doesn't know he's an avatar. <laughs> um, but there's there's plenty of them. Um, she was told Anthony Robbins is an avatar. Um, uh, she was even told all the Beatles were avatars, stuff like that. Um, she was told like Sai Baba was an avatar. You know, those basic like Babaji, um, Yeshua. She says his name was not Jesus. Please don't call him Jesus. His name is Yeshua. Um, uh, Buddha. All, all those are the basic ones who you would think are avatars are definitely avatars. But there are people just... She even says there's like people who are homeless, don't know their avatars, but they'll say something at that right time that's going to change somebody's life for them. And it's only a second of them doing an avatar thing <laughs> throughout their life that really helps somebody. But avatars are here to raise the consciousness of, of humanity. That's what they're here for. So and so answer that Bob Robert F. Kennedy is apparently an avatar. Um and and I used to do like tree sits and all that stuff when I was in the early 2000s and do environmental work and and he would all he was always kind of there in the periphery in the in a like oh that 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 Robert F Kennedy guy yeah I remember him he's supposed to be really helpful and he would he was always helpful and so anyway yeah <laughs> amazing are you allowed to share about the next event you mentioned. I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, <laughs> because it's I I learned about it back again in the '90s, and I didn't hear a peep about it until I came to Bali. A guy named Martin came up to me, and he told me about it. And he said, "I go where I would I just like almost shot up out of my seat." And I said, "Where did you hear that?" There's only one person that's ever told me about it, and I've never heard about it from anybody else. And he said. Uh, Stephen Greer, he told me about a Stephen Greer documentary. So when I watched it about, I think it was two years ago in Bali, 
I was shocked because it's like, I was like sh almost shivering because this is all the stuff that she was told. So I don't know if you've seen that documentary and I don't remember even what it's called, but he talked about um, a fake alien invasion that the elites would do. God, I, hate, I can't believe I'm just talking about this. Um, and that the elites have this technology that is far beyond what we we think. Um, and but the technology these these invasions would be um, is, is fake ET, so it's holograms in the sky, but the weapons wouldn't be holographic. The weapons would be real. Um, and so that would put an, a lot of fear in people. And that's one of the last things they throw at us before we turn our back on them. Um, in the end, we win. The light workers win. And it's not really a winning thing. It's a forgiving thing. It's a loving thing. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Hence, these are also in the books, this kind of stuff. So, so some of the stuff that I was told about is kind of sci-fi-ish. So it's easy to put in those books. It kind of reminds me of um, like Wizard of Oz, you know, at the end oh, where yeah. Uh, yeah. the curtain comes up and you see the guy like, you know, <laughs> like um, <clears throat> it, basically it's exposed that they're trying to scare us, you know, and that they, yeah. they're trying to lie to us like so obviously that everyone's like, <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. even take them seriously anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, the man behind the curtain. And it's going to be like that, apparently. We'll just like, it won't even, we won't even take them serious anymore. It's not, it's not even a big deal. Media won't be really a thing anymore. Because that's what media is. It's, it's just shock and awe. Um, so yeah. And she was told, get rid of your TVs. Don't, don't watch them, is what she was told. <laughs> done that a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ditto. What she told you about about the food you mentioned before. She was the one who taught. So with all these near-death experiencers, she is the only one. She was the one who had the most in-depth near-death near experience that I've ever uh, spoke to about. And um, so food was huge for her because they said that's one of the basic principles on spiritual growth. And uh, she... So I always have, like, when I talk about food, because there's so many people around me who eat meat uh, that think that I'm just crazy the way I eat and that I'm wrong. Um, she was the one who, who told me first, you got to go organic. You have to do, uh, back then organic was more important than it, or it was more of an important word than it is now, because now organic is like, it's not what it used to be. It's now you got to kind of best if you grow your, she was, she was told this, you, it's best to grow your own garden, um, eat as fresh as you can. Uh, but she said, she talked about the pure. The pure what I like as an alternative is at least to know and trust the producer, let's say. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, we need pure bodies in order to have pure minds and pure and pure um, insight and pure logic. Um, and it's an easier path to our heart uh to listening to our heart and um she was told she was given an example of to eat like the druids and she was told that the the uh the druids weren't like what they're painted like in history as in they also didn't sacrifice they did have magicians 
they they did have Merlins. Merlins aren't one Merlin. They're like the leader of the the spiritual movement there, the religion there. Um, so there's always different Merlins coming around every 40 or 50 years. Um, but they ate raw, according to her, they ate mostly raw. Um, and they didn't, and the way they ate, they didn't eat, need to eat that much. Um, they didn't really need to clothe, clothe themselves that much. Um, and so she was, she was told to get a juicer. And the reason why she was told to get a juicer, because you don't get the nutrients you used to get a hundred years ago in the, because the soils are nutrient deficient. So you have to, according to her, juice more fruits and vegetables it's easier to do that than to eat tons of them. So she would put like, you know, let's, I'll just make an example, like two apples and seven carrots in a juice and drink that. Um, but she was, she was told the way you need to eat is pure chemical free, um, natural, uh, never out of a box, never out of a package. Um, eat like we're intended to eat. And uh, we're kind of subtropical beings apparently and so fruit is one of the most ideal foods for us and it's funny how i grew up thinking i'm not supposed to eat that much fruit i was taught that not from my parents but from you know school and stuff because it has too much sugar that kind of thing um and so she was she wasn't really into um she was really into smoothies or not smoothies. Um, she was really into juicing. So she was taught about juicing. And so she did a lot of juicing. <laughs> um, when she did cook stuff, it's, it was mostly soups, but she wasn't told to eat soups. It's just kind of what she liked to do. Um, she had her own garden. Uh, she had a big garden and she did a co-op with her garden and so she had such a big garden. I'd help her in the mornings with it being her digger and all that stuff, almost seven, five days a week. And um, a co-op is when people come over and she gives people a basket full of fruits and veggies because she had plums and uh, raspberries and grapes and all that stuff, along with uh, cucumbers and some carrots and, and radishes. She liked radishes. I can't stand radishes. She did a lot of that stuff. So, and she, she looked... She, she looked younger than what she was her age and that's what people told her a lot um and and it's it's really not about the age though the way you look it's about how you feel um so that's another reason why she was told to eat this way is because it's an ideal way to grow spiritually um all that stuff so uh yeah and I know a lot of meat eaters would completely disagree. So anyway, that's what kind of what she was told. That, that kind of reminds me of what Spira, Spira talks a lot about. Um, I'm in his e-course right now and I'm kind of part oh, cool. of his community and stuff. Um, <clears throat> he talks a lot about how, you know, diet is hand in hand with our behavior. You know, he was like, you'd never see... Uh, like fruitarian go and do some of these uh you know like it 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 affects every you know it's like uh the physical holds and um 
like vibration more than any of the others. Like it's more fluid with all of the other things. So yeah. it's like, like you said, the basic principle, like it's kind of the most solid, you know, the first thing that you might need to get right is the diet so that you can then have the, um, the vessel in order to, <clears throat> to receive the, the higher. And yeah. And if you're, you know, basically constipating the system and not having that connection, you're disconnected from all of that. And then you're easy yeah. to believe whatever or, or yeah. be confused. And yeah. Yeah. That's very much what she was told. Um, she was really told about be careful with the chemicals. So, I mean, chemicals can like, Chemicals can um, literally uh, take off the myelin sheath of your of your CFS central uh, no, central nervous system. Um, so it can it can it can cause MS and all that stuff uh, and really quickly. So that's why another reason why it's so important. Plus, you have brain fog. You have all this stuff. It's harder to think. You're more and you're more you'll you'll be more lazy and i'm not just saying lazy and laying down because laying down is not lazy sitting down is not lazy i'm talking about lazy in mind lazy in like critical thinking not inspired <laughs> yeah not inspired uh you'll have when you eat a certain way you'll have more inventive and more inspired thoughts um and they're usually thoughts that are in a way helping humanity and that's what we are we're we're also we're we're taught that we're these these tribal people, and you hear it a lot. Um, we may act tribal, we may act that way. And in tribal, I mean, we are um, uh, told that we're tribal in the way that we're warlike, and that's actually not us at all. Um, that's been bred and taught into us for thousands of years, and I mean tens of thousands of years. And it was taught to us not by humans. It's it's taught to us by humans now, but it wasn't first bred into us by humans. It was bred into us by other entities. Um, and so, I mean, I, again, I don't know if that's true. It's what, what I was told. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's very, what you said is exactly what she was told to. And I, and I have a feeling that Professor Spira, um, probably you guys, um, are actual avatars and uh and out there trying to get these these truths out and that's what avatars are all about they're truth seekers and they're truth speakers and it it and for some reason it doesn't matter how hard avatars are beaten up in the press and the whatever they have this drive to speak the truth their truth um truth of what's happening facts all that stuff so Anyway, yeah, I think Professor might be one of them avatars. <laughs> um, Thanks, guys. That, that's fascinating, and I feel we might do another one. <laughs> I'll, uh, I need to go very soon. Yeah, thank you so much, y'all. Um, I appreciate it. Pushing Night in Kindle. Uh, you're doing a, a hot cover version, right? Do you have any plans um, for version too. Say that again. Do you have any plan for an audiobook also? 
Yeah. Um, I have an audiobook that a friend did for me for the very first book. And I just never followed up on it. That's kind of my bad thing is that I don't really do audio very well, but I need to. They're very popular and people love them. Um, so I will have that in the works, um, but not soon. <laughs> I have paperback, hardback, or soon to be hardback, and um, plenty of digital versions. And the Kickstarter, if if you want to even, I'm just going to do a little plug. If you want to go check out the Kickstarter, all you have to do is go to Kickstarter and type in, like, I think just Atlantis. And you'll see it. I think it's the first or second one that pops up. And it'll say my name, Brandon Ellis. And that's how you can back the Kickstarter if you're interested. And can I buy the paperback already? Like, on, is it on Amazon or? yeah the paperbacks on amazon um i have new covers for them that are like really nice and sleek those covers aren't that good <laughs> i needed to change them if if you weren't gonna call it science fiction like if you were to actually because that seems like a term that you know is created outside of what you're doing uh yeah. what would you call like what would you call it like the the real history of humanity. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I could, the, uh, no, the, 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 the real history of secrets, the lost secrets of. Uh, well, there's a the lot of fiction origin. in it. So, so okay, I probably wouldn't mixed. say the real history. Yeah, it's a mix. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's really fun. Okay. It's a lot of conspiracy theory, too, um, in a good way, because conspiracy theory you can get so out of line with conspiracy theory that everything that hits you, you think is a conspiracy theory but um uh i would call it i don't know what i would call it i just call, i don't and it's just a, a a a spiritually sometimes factual adventure that's what i would kind of call it um yeah but that's a good question yes Thanks, guys. And Brendan, I, I want to tell you that, yeah, that was really awesome, like uh, super interesting. And I can't wait to to be sharing this uh, episode. I think it was amazing. Oh, cool. Okay, good. I was, I was so nervous. You see how much I'm sweating. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me do this. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think what you're sharing is very valuable. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all it's all the near death experiences. It's all I, I learned. Oh, one thing she was told to do, and this is the thing I, I should end with. She was told that there's this guy named Drunvalo Melchizedek, and he's an avatar, and he's part of the Melchizedek energy um, that have come down to help humanity, and that we are supposed to learn the Merkaba, and the Merkaba is going to be extremely helpful for us ascending. Um, a person learning the Merkaba is like 20 people ascending. It's like really powerful. Um, and so you could look him up and look up Merkaba. And he wrote two books that are pretty much the history of humanity called um, Flower of Life, Volume 1 and Volume 2. And those are I've very good. i looked at to, those. Yeah. And so she was told when she died to to find Rumble and 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 learn from him and learn the Merkaba and do all this stuff. So, yeah. Amazing. Thanks so much, Brendan. And so be thank you.
Cubot, so I'm excited. For anyone listening, um, yeah, I'll put the links in the description for the Telegram group also. And if you can share, you know, when I ask you the extra information, if you can share in the Telegram group, uh, the light leaders, that'd be nice. Much Thank love, you guys. all. Much love. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>